Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We got fresh frozen <laughs> strawberry margaritas and Terry's bringing us chips and salsa all night long. Nick's hips do not lie. <laughs> yeah, I got a MF wagon. Like, <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat. You can find them wherever your podcasts are downloaded or sold. With me, as always, is Ray Knight. Uh, Johnny, I think this is going to be a great episode. I do. They're going to talk baseball, Johnny, and the baseball is the reason they talk and what they talk about. I think that's important to talk about baseball, and if you're a baseball podcast, you're going to end up talking lots of baseball. Well, that's awesome. Thank you very much, Johnny and Ray. Bob Carpenter with you here. And now, let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Half Street High Heat. Thank you, as always, for joining us. We appreciate you. I am joined, as always, by my monomaniacal co-hosts, Nick and Ryan. Say hi, Nick and Ryan. (laughs) Wow, I've never been told to say hi before. Usually, I just have to force my way into the pod. Yeah, well, there you go. I feel like I'm a child Hello. (laughs) Do what you're told. I do microwave my hot dog, so I guess I am a child. It's true. It is an excellent point. All right. Well, be sure to find us on Twitter. Um, you guys should already be doing that by now. But if you don't have our handles, rather than bore you with all of them here, you can find them at the show's account at Half Street High Heat. Uh, make sure you check there and follow for all the latest news and announcements. And don't forget to check out the website, which is halfstreethighheat.com. We've got daily content, outtakes from the podcast, great articles. There's one out there today um, about the non-roster invitees. So if you haven't already read that, do yourself a favor. And uh, don't forget to visit the YouTube channel, The Rundown with Half Street High Heat, which will have great videos even more as the season gets started and there's more content to work with. How are you guys doing? trying something new today and we're gonna see how how it rolls um i'm standing up for the podcast you know i it's the same concept as like a standing desk in the office Uh, i'm just standing up um you know i again i'm still recording in the garage i've turned it into my studio per se so i have my laptop on the workbench and i've you know jimmy rigged my microphone to be about you know head height or whatever so I'm like, I'll just stand and, and see the benefits to my core and my legs and whatnot and see if uh, 
you know, my already great takes get even better. So I'm much too lazy for that, but good on you. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah. I mean, some of us put our all into this pod and others don't. So yeah, that's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing, Ryan? Are you doing anything new to see? I thought you were going to say your new thing was cooking a hot dog like an adult, but <laughs> standing um, is also cool. That's something that grownups do. I'm playing Assassin's Creed during this and not Call of Duty. So really mixing it up on my end. Wow. You guys yeah. are just footloose and fancy free tonight, acting wild. <laughs> <laughs> It's sure to be a great episode. You guys are in for a treat. I mean, I guess you could say we're in the best shape of our lives. <laughs> you could say it. You could say it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anything uh, new to share? It's been only two days since we last spoke, so. No. I, I, I mentioned this before we started recording, but I completely forgot we're doing our division previews today. So it feels like a right time to kind of mix things up. So we get into that, you know, that final stretch before the season begins and starts today so i'm here for it yes i'm really ready for the season to begin and this does now that this is our third season doing this when we start doing the previews you feel like it's really like we're really about to start baseball it it literally is our spring training like this is where we get warmed up and ready to go and we are in the best shape of our lives people all right Ryan. I'm just I'm glad MLB fired the social media team. I'm glad to see that go. I will say I was sort of like, okay, they weren't the best social media team, but the fact that now we get almost nothing, I find like preferred like a bad social media team than no content at all. But I've, that's I another just, conversation. I mean, spring training doesn't mean anything to me. I still love it. I love spring training. I love to see everybody. I love the videos. I love the pictures. I love the stupid little You know what's even better than that? The actual season. Yes, but I don't have that yet, so I'll take what I can get. Yeah, well, you're settling. Never settle for less than you're worth. I mean, I guess that's good advice, except there isn't any other option during spring training except for spring training. I mean, you could go to spring training. That would be nice. It's a pandemic. I don't know if you know. Yeah, and? We're in the Panasonic. I'm in Florida. What are you talking about? (laughs) This panoramic has really killed the vibe. Yeah, it's really cramped my style. Speaking of things that are stylish, Ryan, why don't you uh, give us your midweek in review? If you can yes. pause your game, are you at a good place to pause your game? Uh, first of all, I already did because I'm yes. two steps ahead. But that was very considerate of Amanda to ask you before like, that, just throwing you to the wolves. I have teenage boys. I know how this works. <laughs> I'm two steps ahead. In this time for our midweek review, all teams Full squads have reported, and everyone had their first full squad workouts of the week. Most people saw fantastic content, and that's did not. But as Jesse Doherty put on his Twitter, they are about a hundred thousand feet away from everything, and they use binoculars, so that's why we're not getting content. And that has been your midweek review, brought to you in part by your local <laughs> neighborhood Chili's. Starting next week. Actually, probably into this week because I think uh, March starts soon. Make sure you stop on by to your local neighborhood Chili's and get the feeling lucky margarita. Make it St. Patty's Day all month long. The lucky Jameson, you get a pot of gold topped with an orange and a lime. And it's absolutely fantastic. And it runs to the end of March. This has been your midweek in review. Not much going on. <laughs> no, I'm sure we'll get more... I mean, obviously, there's going to be more over the weekend because there's more in between 
more days in between recording but also just as people start working out someone's gonna pull a hammy and someone's you know gonna be unhappy and there's gonna be a roster battle not just with the Nats but you know that's how it goes around the league so we'll we'll get more but this is an it's a nice break we get to take this one you know a little little easier easier. Ryan's Ryan's had to work hard all off season giving us content so he gets to take tonight off a little bit Makes sense, makes sense to me. I did, speaking of injuries here, that was it the Twins, I think, their top prospect tore his ACL and is out for a year, so that yeah, that kind of sucks. That's the first of those spring training injuries. Oh, was but that it, from spring training? I think so. They I said I think he was with the big, my understanding, maybe I'm wrong, but I thought he was with the big league club at their spring training. Dang, <laughs> that sucks. I know, right? Ruined your your top prospect there for a year. Um, But speaking of injuries, it looks like uh, Scherzer, I read today, threw off the mound, which is great, and uh, didn't feel any twinges. He was quoted as saying he felt about 80-85% and didn't have any pain in his ankle, so that's promising. Um, Strasburg continues to be um, throwing normally. No lingering effects, at least not that we've heard so far from his off-season surgery. So that's also positive news on the Nats front. And Trey Turner said he would like to be a Nat for life, but then there's always the dreaded, but, you know, it's a business and we'll see how it goes. Right. Yeah, we get the same rinse and repeat. Bryce said it. Actually, I don't really think we're done said. I think we're done started talking about multiple parking lots, how multiple car dealerships are the one. But we <laughs> right. keep hearing yeah. this. With Red Dome pulled no punches. <laughs> we keep hearing this with all the impending free agents. And every single time, it's the same story. Trade said he would like to be here forever. With Trey's thing, though, in two years, he's going to be 30. That's going to be his biggest challenge for the Nats resigning him because there's only one shortstop in the league last year who played every single day that was over the age of 30. That is going to be the biggest hindrance. Now, do they lock him up beforehand? Potentially. But if they let him hit free agency at the age 30, I do not have a good feeling about long-term contract happening. So I would like that contract to happen beforehand because he is the 2021 NL MVP. Just just sign him up. Like Just build around him and Soto. Like, just do us all a favor. Just do it. And I love that he said when he said he wanted to be a national for life that he also wanted Soto to do that. And I was like, listen to the man, Juan, just do it. Yeah, Trey's seen all of his best friends leave uh, because the Nats just stink in that regard. Um, You know, just talking about it now and thinking about it, it's kind of uh, in a backwards way, kind of a a great thing that Carter Keemboom stinks. Because if he was really good, Trey Turner would be gone. That's interesting. Yeah, I thought, hmm. You know 100% that the Nats, if Keyboom was like, came up on a tear like Soto, or even showed as promising signs as Trey did when Trey came up, that they would roll with Keyboom at third until Trey departed and then move Keyboom to short. That's an excellent point, which is what happened to Desmond when we got Turner. Right. It still might happen, but... You know, <laughs> right I think now. the more likely thing is he doesn't turn out to be as good as we all hoped he would be, and he still replaces Trey when he oh, leaves. God. That's probably the yeah, more I likely mean, scenario. That, that's an option, too. But <laughs> just the fact that Keyboom is not doing so well and you don't have anyone in the minors, like, ready to take over, 
that's kind of helping the situation in a way that the Nats need to sign Trey Turner because there isn't really another yeah. viable option internally. Yeah. And they, and I do think he said that they've had extension talks before and that I forget his exact quote. I don't have it in front of me, but about hoping that that will start again soon or something. And then I read a report that said that talks with Soto quote, didn't go very far. And I was like, Oh, that's great. Great news. <laughs> well, that I'm, don't read into the whole thing about Soto and his contract negotiations because we're still four years out. It not going anywhere five years for his free agency means absolutely nothing. That's not the concern right now because we're not really going to hear anything. The Nats are going to sit down and address it until the final year of his uh, arbitration. I guarantee it. So in 2024, we'll start hearing about this again. Don't read anything into that. Trey turns the focus and what he says about their contract that you need to start looking into. You can ignore the soda stuff for now. I know everyone's going to pay attention to the soda stuff more, but we have four more years to worry about that. Yeah, and the Nets are not known for addressing things early. And honestly, even if they wanted to do an Acuna or Tati style long-term extension way before they had to think about it, I, I don't think there's any chance of Boris letting that happen. You know, I shouldn't say letting because, of course, Soto's in charge of his own decisions, but I, I think he would never advise Soto to consider something like what Tatis just did. I also think the Nats have, in a way, shown that they only focus on one of their guys at a time. Uh, like, they worked out the Strasburg extension. I mean, naturally, he was a free agent first, but they worked out the Strasburg extension before, you know, they ever talked to Bryce about an extension. Um, and then it seems like they're kind of focusing on Strauss again, um, and as opposed to Rendon. So, like Ryan said, right now the focus is on Trey. So they're probably going to be fo if they're talking extension, it's going to be with Trey first, um, because y yes, he's coming up first, but also it's just like the way they do business. They really only focus on one at a time, which you know, not necessarily a good or a bad thing, just kind of like a fact of the matter. So hopefully they get it done so they can move to Soto before we hit that, you know, final year of arbitration to have to worry about is he going to be extended or is he hitting the market? Mm. Well, and if history is any indication, and it usually is, it will be the last year of arbitration, but we'll see. Hope springs eternal. On we'll the flip happens. side, you know, so Ron, you said Trey hits free agency at age 30. Correct. I I wonder, I'm not saying this is the way to go, but do you think any part of Mike Rizzo and the Nats want him to hit free agency because they think he's not going to get the contract that he's looking for due to his age and his position? So if he has a couple more seasons like the one he just did, he's going to get paid sure. because one – the DH is coming, and two, there's always the, oh, you know, you don't have the range you used to, we'll put you at second base. There's always that things teams do that, but the Nats honestly may take that chance. Like, hey, go go see what other teams think of you. That happens a lot in free agency, then players realize that their value isn't what it seems, and then they come crawling back to teams, the original team. That happens all the time. Looking at you, Michael Brantley. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I actually don't know if to do that with Trey. I feel like they feel a sense of pressure with him, knowing they have no good positional depth within their farm system whatsoever, where they may have a more bit of urgency than they did with Rendon, even though they don't be here in Bryce's negotiations. Yeah, well, that's an excellent point. I think you're right. I think there's a part of them that might actually hope that he 
you know, plays well enough for them to reap the benefits, but not so well that he drives up his market. <laughs> okay. The other thing is they're like the driving up his market thing. They want to turn him into a run producing shortstop. I'm like, okay, let's just drive up his price even more right for free agency. Cause if you have a fast, Good you imagine and a run producing shortstop. Hitter, that's yeah. a that's an MVP. Would you say that's an MVP type of guy? Well, yeah, because shortstop. I mean, first of all, he's MVP already this year. But shortstop is like the most overhyped position on the field, stat wise. Like, that's like the makeup like someone like Francisco Lindor and all these other players have who are going to get over two hundred million. In Lindor's case, he's going to get over three hundred million. It's like right before free agency, you want to turn this guy into a run producer. At least sign, at least sign him. No, first. So I was going to say sign him first and then turn him into a run producer and put him in the lineup where he can drive in a lot more RBIs. But <sighs> nobody ever consults us about these things, and that's never call. Yeah, it, I mean it's just backwards. <laughs> don't really understand it but it seems like that's kind of what they want to do and i mean just look at um you know i guess chris bryant like if the cubs had signed him to a long-term extension after his mvp season that contract's going to look a little bit different than if they signed to talked extension right now Mm -hmm. a lot different i think the net not that I'm not trying to say Chris Bryant isn't worth an extension he's still damn good and i would take him on this team in a heartbeat i'm just saying that you know, the con- two contracts for the same guy, you know, two, three years apart are a lot different. So, you know, in Trey Turner's case, coming off a great, you know, abbreviated 2020 season, he's looking like he's going to get paid. But if he takes the Chris Bryant route and kind of re- regresses a little bit, that contract's not going to be as much. And I think that's what the Nats would prefer, just because all owners are cheap, even if they spend money. Just the way the baseball game works. Just the way the baseball bounces. Anyways, anyways, let's move on. Okay, time for our first of the division previews as we prepare for the upcoming season. We're going to start with the AL West this evening. So um, let's start with you, Ryan. What are your thoughts on the Astros? The the Astros had a pretty interesting offseason. Coming into it, their general manager said, they weren't really going to make any big moves this offseason. They didn't really think they need to be aggressive. Um, and then it t- they ended up losing George Springer, Josh Reddick. Um, they lost Rober- Roberto Zuna, Chris Davinsky, and Brad Peacock. Um, so those are some pretty big holes. They realized they had to go out and address outfield. They had to address the backup catcher, and they had to address their bullpen. Um, they stole Brantley at the 11th hour of Pierce and the Blue Jays. They added Castro for the backup catcher. And then they got good bullpen depth with Stinek, Baez. And then um, I believe they just signed Steve Ciszek to a minor league deal. And they also are getting Joe Smith back. Their lineup gets a really big boost. Also getting Jordan Alvarez, who only played two games last year. So the Astros should be the Astros again. Their biggest question mark this year is, can they still compete without George Springer, because George Springer was their best player last year when the, quote, sign stealing stopped. Um, I know that they said that Jose Altuve was dealing with a lot of personal stuff last year. There was some tragedy in his family, so he wasn't mentally there. He should bounce back. The rotation is still good. Their bullpen still good, and I think the Astros are still going to go out there and win 90 games. They're not going to be that 98 win juggernaut they used to be, the 100-plus win, but I think they'll still win a competitive AL West. They had a pretty good offseason. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think Ryan, you broke it down pretty well. Um, you know, you look at the the bones of the team, Justin Verlander and Zach Greinke are still in the rotation. I know last year, a lot of people were expecting a huge regression after the departure of Garrett Cole. That wasn't really the case, even though it was an abbreviated season, they still won the division. Um, so, you know, you flip to the lineup, even with the departure of George Springer, the, you know, addition quote-unquote addition of Jordan Alvarez back into the lineup is going to help mitigate that loss, just like the Nats did with Juan Soto when Bryce left. It's essentially with the same thing the Astros are taking. So their offense shouldn't be too different, you would think. Just depends, um, you know, how the top of the lineup goes because Storage Springer was their leadoff guy. And if Altuve can't bounce back in form, then, you know, then you have problems. But they still have Bregman, Correa, Altuve, Jordan, um, that's a pretty good four. It's probably better than any four the Nats can put together. So, um, you know, if you want to compare apples to apples, the, the Astros have, you know, the bones to compete and the, uh, you know, foundation to continue rolling through the ALS like they've done the past few years. Yeah, um, I think I think they do have – the bulk of the team is still the same one that's been really, really good for – quite a long time now. I uh, I do think that the departure of Springer is going to be a massive blow. I, 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 I'm getting a little sense of the, oh, well, they've got all their other pieces. They're going to be okay. The same way people were saying that about the Nats after Rendon left. <laughs> and we see what happened when Rendon was no longer in their lineup. So, um, you know, they've got a lot, they've got better pieces left in their lineup than the Nats did with Rendon's departure. But I still think there's going to be a, there's going to be a, a more marked regression maybe than it sounds like you guys are expecting. So I guess we'll see what happens. Um, you guys have any uh, win predictions, win loss? I, I think, um, go ahead, Ryan. No, um, I think 93 is their ceiling. I can see 89 being realistic. So I'm going to go with 89 wins to win the ALS. Uh, I'm going to say right around 90. Eh, I'll go 93 just because the Rangers and Mariners are really, really bad. And the Angels don't have pitching, so if they get into a pitcher's duel with them, um, then, you know, the Astros are going to come on top more often than not. So I'll say 93, even though they're not, it wouldn't be like a 93 team, 93 win team coming out of the NL East or AL East mm-hmm. or something. It would be a little bit more of a, a padded uh, 93 wins. Got it. I was going to split the difference there. I'm going 91. I think... Uh... I don't know. I mean, obviously, Seattle and Texas are not <laughs> going to give anybody any problems to speak of, but um, so they're going to be able to unless run up they're those numbers. a president. <laughs> <laughs> Get wow, it? I do. The president was, you know, an asshole. Yeah, yeah. G- gave people problems. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. Okay, let's move on. Um, Nick, Oakland. Um, they're the same Oakland team. You know, they're going to play their money ball strategy um even though billy bean is gone now right i didn't make that up yes no i think you're right he's gone yeah which is really random because he's been with the team forever um but they're still operating under the same you know uh formula that they're going to try to get these undervalued players to perform and it's worked well for them but of course the one thing they've been lacking and are still lacking is that star studded power to put them over the top. So this is a team that can compete for the vision and probably will, but you know, what additions have they made to really, you know, press the issue? 
none that I, I mean, they lost Marcus Simeon, so they traded Chris Davis. Uh, not that Chris Davis, the other Chris Davis, Crush Davis. Or wait, no, Crush Davis is the Orioles. The other Chris Davis for <laughs> um, Elvis Andrews from the Rangers to address the shortstop. So, you know, maybe that's, at best that's a push. They didn't add any frontline pitching. They're counting on um, Luzardo, Puck, and, you know, Manaya to bounce back from injury. Counting on the same guys they counted on last year. So it's it's the same exact team. So we shouldn't expect them to, you know, regress too much. But we shouldn't expect them to, you know, be any different or any better than the playoff, you know, fringe playoff teams than we've seen the past couple of years. All right. Brian? Yeah, they, they entered the offseason in the interesting spot. They finally won the AL West. Um, I believe that was their first since 2013. But then oh, again, I forgot. I, I mixed that up. I forgot the Astros were a wild card team this yeah. year. Yeah. Um, and they still couldn't get past the ALDS, and they lost to the Astros. So they're in a pretty interesting spot. You know, it's not the A's manner to go out and spin big, but they probably should have. Um, like Nick said, they lost Simeon. They lost Hendricks. Two big oh, holes. They traded away Chris yeah. Davis. So they came into the offseason with their biggest need being the bullpen, and they didn't really do anything to address it. Um, they went out and they did sign um, Joachim Soraya, but – oh, sorry, he signed with the Diamondbacks. My apologies. He left. Um, so that's two people right there. Um, and they did bring back Yasmira Petit. They do have some in-house options, including Jake Diekman and Jordan Weems for a closer. Those aren't Liam Hendricks. The team's not as good as it used to be. They are going to take a good step back this year. I do believe the Angels got better. So um, I think they take a pretty big step back this year and finish a third in the ALS. Yeah, that's interesting. I I thought after they won the division last year that maybe, you know, they would kind of go away a little bit from the money ball type strategy in this offseason and say, hey, you know, we were good enough to compete. We're close. Let's like let's actually spend some money this offseason and try to go win a World Series. And that is not what happened. Um, yeah, I think the loss of Hendricks is massive. Obviously, Simeon, too. Um, yeah, I'm I'm going like 85 wins, maybe. I still think that's going to be good for second in the division. Yeah, I'm right there with you about 85-ish wins. 86, maybe. Um, oh, God, big difference. Um, and, you know, to Ryan's point, they're probably going to lean on someone like Lou Trevino, who we saw... S- I don't know if he started that wild card game two years ago against the Yankees, but he pitched like three innings and then like trying to pitch like three innings. And that's when all hell broke loose. Um, but yeah, that that's, you know, we, we get mad at the Nats for, you know, not spinning at a, a position because they have a guy already there. Uh, that's literally all the A's do. The A's are the Nats without any free agent signing. So I can't imagine how frustrating you know, that, that would be, if you combine the A's and Nats into one team, you would have the best team in baseball. Yes, you would. <laughs> uh, that would be fun. Yeah. But you're right. They just don't spend. And there comes a point where, you know, you can see you can work for the Rays. You know, they were in the World Series. Um, you can you can do a lot, you know, doing this kind of bargain basement money ball thing. But eventually you've got to go out and get some big name guys. And if you're not willing to do that, you're always going to kind of have a ceiling. And that ceiling is not probably winning the World Series. Yeah, I mean, even if you combine them with the Angels, because the Angels have the, you know, premier talent that they paid for, but not the young core to back it up, whereas the A's are the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. They have a phenomenal young core, but no veteran, oh, well, I mean veteran, superstar. but no superstar, you know, 
infusion at all into their team, not a let like not just their their lineup, their team as a whole. So it's just frustrating to see a team go to waste like that. Yep. Okay, let's talk Angels. The Angels, they made some pretty big moves coming into 2020. They signed Joe, uh, hired Joe Madden. They got Rendon to pair with Trout, and they were an unbelievable one-two punch this year. That's the best one-two punch in baseball. They underperformed. Uh, they fired their GM, who they believe is the biggest reason for them coming back. And we all know entering the offseason, their biggest moves need to be around pitching. Their starting pitchers were god-awful. They had second-worst ERA. Um, their bullpen was atrocious last year as well. Um, but their rotation has promise. Otani is healthy. He's going to return to two-way status again. He is back. He was throwing 98 in his bullpen session today. They also signed Jose Quintana, and they traded for Alex Cobb, adding that with Dylan Bundy. That's a pretty solid rotation. It's not great, but it should be at least league average, which is far better than what it was. Their bullpen last year uh, blew 14 saves. So they went out and they acquired Razio Iglesias, who was fantastic and very mm-hmm. hitter-friendly Cincinnati. So it's a very good move. They got him for nothing, too. They got him for nothing. And then they also traded for Aaron Sleggers, who's another very solid reliever. So they made good moves. Um, they let Andrelton Simmons walk, who is the best defensive shortstop in the game. They traded for Jose Iglesias. So they had a pretty good offseason. They also got Dexter Fowler. I think they finished second place. I, oh, sorry, and they also signed Kurt Suzuki. I forgot about him. <laughs> I think they finished in second. They're going to need to add another starting pitcher. Um, I don't know. They're not going to add one this offseason, so they have to add one in season. Their lineup is going to cover up for some of their back end of the Wolfen issues they have, but the Angels should be a lot better than they were last year. They won't make the playoffs, but I think like 85 wins for them. Yeah, uh, if the Angels come in second over the A's, I wouldn't be, you know, entirely shocked. If they were on the level of the Astros, I would be a little bit surprised, but they definitely have that potential. That I think they've been everyone's breakout team for the past, like, five years. Um, so, you know, it the potential is there. It's just a matter of can they put it all together, and a lot of that, Ryan, like you said, has been dependent on their pitching or lack thereof. Um, you know, they've got a fine rotation, but... You know, you can find uh, – hell, I would take Jake Odorizzi, who's still a free agent, over any single person in that Angels rotation. So, you know – And it makes you wonder why aren't they why aren't they doing that because they do have potential. You yeah, know? so it, yeah, it's just I, – I wouldn't, you know, stress pitching a little bit more than they have now, but they have made some, you know, noted improvements – but I still don't see them being a 91 team. So, yeah, I'm right there around 85, 86 wins. So I'm a little bit more um, down on L.A., I guess, than you guys are. I just I feel like what they've done is improve from having a bad pitching situation to having a mediocre pitching situation, which why bother? Like, what are you accomplishing by getting a little bit better but not getting good enough to compete? Um, I They obviously have improved the lineup significantly, but bad pitching or even just, you know, inadequate pitching can only be covered up for for so long it always bites you in the ass you can see it all across baseball every year like especially bad bullpens and they just haven't made enough improvement in their bullpen i've got them more like 82 83 wins and i've got them third yeah and i think that's fine too they have a range of outcomes um certainly just 
I, th- I think they're going to try to do what they did with Bundy last year. Bundy was, you know, a lost cause in Baltimore, and then they kind of turned him around into, honestly, a pretty solid pitcher. So I think they're going to try to do that with Quintana, try to, you know, turn back the clock with him, and then try to uh, make Alex Cobb the pitcher that he once was when he got that, you know, pretty sizable contract from Baltimore. A lot of Baltimore, you know, um, reclamation pro- projects, <laughs> Iglesias, Bundy, Cobb. And if that's who you're trying to, you know, poach from, <laughs> then that, that probably explains why you're a perennial, you know, third place team. Right, oh, and you're only a third place team because you're in a division with Seattle and Texas. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but also, um, uh, Albert Pujols said this is his final season. Oh, right. If we're talking about the Angels, you kind of have to bring that up, don't you? Yeah. So, of note. Of note. Okay, let's move on and talk about the Mariners for something other than the nonsense we talked about them for two days ago. Uh, you skipped the Rangers, by the way. Oh, okay. You want to do Rangers first? Uh, I just figured they would have a little bit more to talk about. Than the Fair Mariners. Enough. Okay, Rangers it is. Sorry, I wasn't looking at the pod doc when I... Did you know that the Dodgers and Braves hit more home runs combined in the NLCS than the Rangers did their entire... 30 games last year that can't be true 30 games yeah when the rangers 60 the rangers hit uh they didn't play all 60 at home they played oh i didn't hear you say games at globe life they hit 27 home runs oh my apologies so yeah they hit 27 home runs the dodgers and braves combined for 25 home runs over seven games which is stupid the rangers suck they're the worst team in the american league they are rebuilding and it's going to be a long and painful rebuild for them. They did make a couple decent moves this offseason. Most importantly, they signed a um I had this name right here and I lost it. Where is it? There Fulton they signed Edge. No, they signed uh Kohei Ariahara to a two-year contract. Uh, they also have a lot of good young names for the rotation. They have to figure out what they have there. Could be trade bait, could potential be big stars for them they are rebuilding and it's going to be a long one the only good thing is they're not the mariners who've been stuck in mediocrity for 20 years yeah this i guess that's a small a small thing to it's a kind of a backhanded compliment but it is a compliment nonetheless at least you're not the mariners yeah the rangers need to just embrace the rebuild and sell what they have they got the ball rolling by finally trading lance lynn um, but they missed the boat on Mike Miner, who would have fetched, you know, a, a solid piece at the deadline or even, you know, last offseason because of how well he was doing with uh, with Texas. Um, but, you know, you got to trade Joey Gallo. He's going to have, um, you know, some value. They have Jose LeClerc, who's a pretty solid reliever on a very, very team-friendly deal for the next two or three years. Yeah, you years. could get something nice for him, I bet, yeah, given so his team control. They need to fully – embrace the rebuild and I'm sure they're going to hope for Fulton Evich to kind of rebound so that way they can flip him too which is how rebuilds are done you know but I'm just saying they need to embrace it because it does you no good to have good pieces on a team that's not ready to compete yeah agreed and I think that was kind of my the point I was going to make is that you've got Gallo who kind of had a hit down year last year I mean hopefully he has a better year and LeClerc and if those guys look decent you know, before the trade deadline, you got you to sell those pieces off and, and get back what you can. This is definitely the low point of the rebuild for them. It's going to be a hard year to be a Rangers fan. Yeah. All right. Then that brings us to 
Uh, wait, where are we putting them? Are we putting them fourth or are we putting them fifth in the division? Where you, what's your I pick? really don't think it matters. <laughs> it doesn't, but for the sake of, of thoroughness, what are we doing for win totals and what are we doing for standings? Um, I'll, I'll have them in last and I'll have them at like 55 wins. Okay, Ryan, what do you got? They'll win between one and 60 games. Doesn't matter. They suck. Between one and 60. Very nice. I had them a little bit higher than that at 63. (laughs) But, yeah, I've got them in last place as well, which is really saying something when you're in a division with Seattle, which brings us to the Mariners. Yeah, they're they're a mess. Um, They did sign Ken Giles, which was a good move for them. They also don't really know what they're doing. Um, They brought back Ronis Elias, um, worst trade in Nationals history. Yeah, steal the deadline. <laughs> steal the deadline. I remember. Yeah, I remember. Didn't he hurt his ankle like a on a second game or something like hitting? And we never I can't saw remember when we never. I was like about to take out an ad on a milk carton. Yeah, he guy. he joined Jeremy Hellickson with you know the the missing in action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they they saw their young core play a lot they didn't call up any of their prospects but they do have a solid young core and they're going to be dealing with that for a while they let a lot of players go this off season um quote for budgetary reasons even though their president said they were actually did pretty well last year um and they're going to let seager go as well i just i would just feel terrible if i was a mariners fan like at least you have seattle but apparently russell wilson wants out so seattle just Sales sports suck. That's all I got to say. It <laughs> yeah. rains there nonstop. The Kraken hopefully will be a bright spot. The Supersonics left in 2005 and they're still upset about it. Um, but I'm still pissed that the Senators left and we've got the Nats now, so I can understand holding Well, the Senators are now the Rangers, so how upset are you really? You know, you know what? That is an excellent, excellent point. After that conversation we just had about there. You know what? You guys keep them. They're yours now. No hard um, feelings. Yeah, the Mariners have no direction, and at least for the Rangers, you can say they have somewhat. I mean, it might be down, but it's a direction. (laughs) The Mariners have been, you know, unrealistic with their chances and what it's going to take. They do have some solid pieces uh, stemming from the Robinson Cano trade, and um, I swear there was one more trade that they made, but... Regardless, they, you know, have some solid pieces, but I couldn't name you a single person in their rotation. Um, and before Ronis, Elias, and Ken Giles couldn't name you a single person in their bullpen. It's a bunch of nobodies. It's a lot like where we've been seeing from the Orioles, just random guys every single year, no really foundational guys yet. They do have the potential. Um, Mitch Hanniger was looking, you know, like their cornerstone until he, uh, uh, he – you know, tore his balls off, which is not a joke. He actually did. It was it's pretty no, bad. Stop, stop talking. Stop <laughs> oh, talking. Yeah, I could probably segue that into a Manscaped ad, but... Um, yeah, you should have saved that for the very end. Yeah, should have had you go should've. last. Damn yeah. it. But, you know, there's some potential there, but this is not a, a more than 65-win team. No, I don't think they are. Um, it's it's fun, funny is not the right word. I don't know, a little bit sad maybe seeing what just happened this week with those comments from their long-time GM and how, you know, it felt like they maybe were finally after decades of of 
directionless kind of just floating along in the ether seemed like maybe they were starting to actually build something. Maybe they had some really good young guys and there was some excitement and maybe, you know, they're, they're heading up and then this happened and you've now alienated and pissed off your prospects by talking about manipulating their service time. And, you know, it just, it felt like maybe they were, there was finally some upside for the Mariners and it all just came crashing back down. Yep. That's for sure. So, Oh, Ryan thoughts before we do our predictions. They don't, they don't deserve any thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I have no thoughts to offer. Okay. Um, so I've actually got them as bad as they are above the Rangers who I had at 63 wins. I'm going to go 70. God, that's a lot. I know 68. I don't know. Even 68 is a lot. I would, I would have them at 60. So you think that bad? Okay. Well, we'll I see, mean, I man. guess. All our projections hold the same amount of weight at this point. but Right. They all matter not. Okay. So there is our AL West preview. Next week we are doing, is it AL Central? No, NL West. NL West. Okay, we're going NL West. NL West and AL Central. Okay. So NL West next week. And uh, for now, we'll go back to our ball conversation and uh, do our message from our sponsor. <laughs> Heaters, don't be like... Mitch Haniger and not take care of your balls. Manscaped is here to help you do just that. Is there anything better than the fresh mowed grass at the ballpark on opening day? How about freshly groomed balls? Who's laughing? <laughs> Was that good? That's, that's Amanda. <laughs> I was trying to beat myself. I'm going to pull it together right now. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Mute yourself, woman. Be professional. Our sponsors, Manscaped, <laughs> the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming, are here to help you strike out your bush for good. It's a whole new balls game, folks. And Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Hopefully, Mitch Haniger joins that movement. Go to Manscaped.com. Use promo code HSHH20. For 20% off and free shipping, take care of your balls. Get a little lawnmower 3.0 action. Get a little ball spritzer. We're talking deodorant for you to get a little old testes. Take care of the bush. Take care of any, you know, lingering smell. Take care of yourself. And just to top it off, throw in some cologne there. Smell nice. Why smell nice only where it counts? Smell nice all over. Do that with the cologne as well. 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped. Use promo code HSHH20 today. And also, don't forget, heaters, go check out the Half Street High Heat store. You can find it uh, through the tab on our website. It's through tpublic, T-E-P-U-B-L-I-C-K.com. You can search Half Street High Heat as well. We've got a bunch of great designs. Um, you can get it on T-shirts, uh, hoodies, onesies for your babies, um, you know, laptop cases, mugs, notebooks, stickers. I mean, masks. It masks. If you want it, they've got it. And, you know, we are always coming up with more designs. So keep looking, keep refreshing. And I'm pretty sure there's a sale going on right now through the end of the month. So the next three to four days. So take advantage of that. Stock up on your favorite Half Street High Heat gear and send us pictures of you rocking it because we love to see it. Wow, that was quite an ad read this week. Thank you. It's because I'm standing. Yeah, I felt like it really brought a different energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. And poor Mitch <laughs> had to had to be the target of all that energy. All right, moving on. 
Um, we've got Twitter questions tonight. So, oh, we've got some good ones. We have from uh, at the voice of Evan, who I always enjoy. I follow him on Twitter. He is always funny. Um, if you had to pick one player that's going to be better than people expect, who is it? This is a fun one. My pick, my pick that I've been doing um, for a little bit now, and he's not really a breakout guy um, because I don't think he's going to be, you know, uh, a force himself into the lineup and into prime positions kind of guy. But, you know, reading the question, a guy that's going to be better than people expect is Andrew Stevenson. Um, I think that, uh, you know, because Michael A. Taylor is finally gone and he has a little bit more opportunity to get, um, you know, regular ABs that, you know, he's going to, you know, outperform the, what people expect. I like it. Do you think there's any chance that if, and I know Robles offers a lot defensively, but if Robles really struggles at the plate, do you think there's any chance that we see Stevenson? Absolutely. I more mean, than we're expecting? No. I, I think so. I really do. Um, Defense plays more in center field than offense. That's a good point. Um, it is. That's why I mean, I know he offers so much defensively more but, than Stevenson does, but if he really struggles at the plate and let's say that Stevenson performs well in the opportunities he's given, do you think there's especially any... against righties, right? If Vic can't handle righties and only does lefties, then you have a perfect platoon situation and Vic can still be a late inning, you know, substitution for Andrew. Yeah. If you know, when, you know, you want to have those defensive replacements in there. But Vic would have to really struggle, I agree, with Ryan, that it would have to be really, really bad for even to get to that point. But I think if it does happen, we do see that possibility. Yeah, that's an interesting one. All right, Ryan, who's your pick? I'm going to go with a bounce-back candidate, and I'm going to go with um, Daniel Hudson. He was poo-poo last year. He was rather bad. The I like good news is he's not going to be closing, so I feel like he should be a little more comfortable than he was. So I expect him to bounce back and have a pretty solid season this year. I like it. I'm going in the same direction as you. I was thinking Will Harris, who was kind of, I don't even know what's the best word. Just like a non-entity he was on the team. <laughs> last year. Yeah, like he just kind of, I was so excited when they signed him and he, you know, he's been so good previously. And then last year, he was just kind of there. Yeah, not and, even uh, uh, forgot he was on the team. We forgot that he was supposed to be like a premier signing last right, year. Right, exactly. That's it. It's like I expected so much from him. And the whole team was just kind of meh last year, you know. And it, it was hard, especially by the end of the season, to even get excited. But he just really was a non-entity. He just didn't really make any kind of an impression, I mean, on Nats fans at all or on the club. So didn't really have an impact, and I'm expecting that to be better this year. I'm excited for the bullpen. I really am. I am looking forward to seeing the Nats go into a season with a really good bullpen because it's not something we've ever gotten to experience before. Yeah, and even if they're not, like, best bullpen in baseball, you know, level, you still have enough guys to fill in should anyone mm -hmm. go down to injury or just lackluster performance. Which yeah, it's not like nice you've got have. two or three guys that have to be the guy, and if they're not available one night, you just know that it's going to be a disaster. Like, it's so nice to have some depth there and to feel like you've got options in different yeah. situations. So I'm for excited us. for it. It is. It is a new experience, and I'm hoping it will be an enjoyable one. Yep. All right, let's move on to our next question, which is from at Oleg Kavasha, who says, will they, should they fix the clock? So funny story about the clock. The company that made it went out of business, so they can't find good replacement parts. And apparently to like take it down or replace it, it'd be stupid expensive. So they kind of just let it be and turned it into some like just big old thing up there. 
So they can't replace it and they can't fix it because it'd be so expensive because the company went out of business. Fun fact. Yeah, I remember you telling me that before, but man, I loved that clock. I thought that clock was awesome for, you know, the one season it existed. Uh, but they should, but they won't. <laughs> That's a funny one. I did not know that story. All right. At the DC crossover says, what type of food do you wish they served at Nat's Park? Good food. I like the pupusas. pupusas are good. <laughs> yeah, they're like they're so tiny. I'm starving after That's true. like twenty bucks. That's um, you need like sixty three dollars worth we've, of them to fill you up. <laughs> we've talked about this before. I want an IHOP to go in Nats Park so damn badly that I'm gonna start petitioning for it to happen. So I'm going with IHOP as the type of food to serve, uh, have at Nats Park. Uh, I just want the donuts back that they used to have. I don't know oh whose idea it was God. to take those away. I'll just bring it back. You already know how to do it. And like, You've got a place right there by the gate. It was perfect. It was near where I was. I always walk right by there. No donuts always, for us. They always had special donuts for like the time of the year. Oh, too. They like so special good. donuts for the All-Star game. Oh, Yeah. They just bring that back. That's all I ask. Is that too much to ask? I'm going to say I wish there was a Chili's at the park because all my, you know, dietary and food habits uh, can be quenched at Chili's. So um, Chili's is all I need in my life. You know, you are really on fire with the with the help and not the sponsors tonight. I really respect it. You know, somebody's got to carry the pod and I'm in a somebody's better position because I'm standing. So Indeed. Indeed. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, at Ryan J. Morris 81 says, why isn't Monty on the pod yet? Same reason you're not. Next question. (laughs) At On The Pod Sunday, speaking of Monty, says, who leads (laughs) off if Trey is moved down? So this is a a good question. (laughs) You can get through all that talk about balls, but this sent you over the edge. (laughs) That was so aggressive. Be professional. Mute yourself. Jesus. Oh, <laughs> Who does that? Oh, man, I got the laugh. Um, <laughs> so the obvious question, the obvious answer is Robles. They're going to play around with him in spring training a lot. What I mean by that is he is going to be hitting leadoff every single day in spring training. They're going to see what they have. Um, mm-hmm. In the minors, he hit leadoff and he did pretty well, but he just couldn't hit when he got to the pros. Um, he does have 94 ABs in the leadoff spot, and he has like a 370 OPS, I think it is, maybe a little higher than that, sorry, on base, um, which is rather good. So they're going to play around with that. If that doesn't work, Kyle Schwarber has a lot of experience batting leadoff. He did it a lot with the Cubs when he was healthy and he was there. And also another sleeper, Starlin Castro, yeah. a guy who gets on. He yeah. doesn't get on at like a fantastic pace, but he still gets on. Yeah, I wanted to bring up Castro because um, I f- realized I forgot to mention on the pod. I only did it in uh, Matt's article on the site. Um, I think Starlin Castro has just as good of a shot as Robles, if not better, to bat at the, near the top of the lineup. So my current lineup would be not that I would do, but that I project would be Trey, Castro, Soto, Bell, Schwarber, and then everyone else. Um, just because, like Ryan said, he's not phenomenal. But that's who Starlin Castro has been his entire career. He's not phenomenal, but he's good enough to be on your team and good enough to be in your lineup. That's who he's been his entire career. That's who he was last year. You know, he had stretches that were great, and Davey, you know, didn't have anyone else. So Starlin Castro was batting fourth for us before he got hurt. So, you know, I I think we can see, you know, we might see more of that should he, you know, be fully healed and whatnot, which by all reports he is. 
So I think he's in camp now, and I haven't really seen anything about him. Have you guys heard any reports about no? His but again, recovery? it's Starlin Castro. Like he's just one of those guys that isn't really worth reporting on because you know what you get. Like until last year, he hadn't missed a game, but of course he comes to the NAS and misses all the games. Um, right. Um, but <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard, but um, Davey was on Grant and Danny today, and they played the audio of it when I was driving home. Did you hear what he said about Robles? No. It was pretty funny because he was I'll, – I'll paraphrase it. He was like, you know, he just needs to learn. We're telling him, take the walks. You know, stop swinging out of the strike zone so much. We're trying to get him to take the walks and stop chasing, stop trying to swing for home runs, and take a nice opposite field double and just have better plate control. And I was kind of like, so you're just trying to tell him to be a good hitter? Yeah, so is that like, it? Right. <laughs> is that – And I thought that was – Right. The advice that every pitching coach has given to every hitter since the dawn of time. I, is that it's a, like common sense. Don't chase. Stop swinging as hard as you can and take what the pitcher gives you. And I'm like, all right, so he needs to learn how to hit all over again. That's like. Yeah, and he was a really good hitter in the minors, though. It just seemed like. And, so was you know, everyone and their mother. Like, well, yeah, but I mean, it's extraordinarily was good in the minors. You know, like it's why everybody had such high hopes. It's why he was such a top ranked prospect. So if he can find it, if he can even just find part of it, you know, get to where he's he's not a liability at the plate, then, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing him hit leadoff because I would love to see Trey not hit leadoff. But I think Castro is an interesting option there. I mean, the same rule applies for, like, like we talked about with Soto and his protection. If you put Trey behind Robles, people are going to start pitching or he's going to start getting pitches to hit because people don't want to pitch to Trey. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in theory, that should help him enough to where he is – viable as a leadoff guy he may not be seller but he is viable so yeah you just need if he can get on base at a a decent pace then that's all you really need because you do have good hitters behind him so i guess we'll see but i i do agree with you ryan we're going to see a lot of well we're not going to see any of it but there's going to be a lot of robles at leadoff in spring training yep which we will not get to witness because masson sucks that they do All right. One more question is from at Drew Chesh, who says, well, I know everything. I know everything to know about making a grilled cheese sandwich. What else is there? Ribs. Oh, ribs. Ribs. My my ribs are a science. And one day I'll let all the world in on how I make my ribs. You're going to have to prove it, Drew, though. That's going to it's like a sacred brotherhood how to make my ribs. So that's it's like once you master grilled cheese, you get half the world's knowledge. And then once you master ribs, you have 100 percent of the world's knowledge. You become limitless. I see. Is that the one where the guy's limitless? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we should eat, we should each come up with like what we think is our very best recipe, and then put it out there and let people make it, and then let people vote. Okay, on I got one. Got the best recipe. I got Who's a freebie your, what's your for best you. One? Take a hot dog, water it, it in the microwave, <laughs> wrap a paper towel around it, and put the microwave for forty-five seconds. I was literally. Oh! <laughs> Boy, did he steal your thunder! Oh, he muted himself. He's so mad. <laughs> He's punching his desk right now. <laughs> He's oh. raging. <laughs> well, we know what his best recipe is. We'll have to think of it and see. Well, it has to be something besides your ribs because you're not willing to share them. So you'll have to come up with another one, I guess. All right. Well, I guess Nick's not coming back. Ryan broke him. You're welcome, America. <laughs> All right, I think that's it for us. We're done here.
thank you guys for joining us as always. We always appreciate you. Uh, please be sure to find us on Twitter at Half Street High Heat. You can find all our individual handles there as well. Um, check out the website, halfstreethighheat.com. Um, there is a new article out there today that I mentioned at the top of the show. Make sure you check it out. Um, also, there's a new video about Josh Bell. It's a few days old now, but if you haven't seen it, you're missing out. Go check it out at the Rundown with Half Street High Heat. And we will talk to you all again next week. Later. I was going to do Nick Slater. Damn it. <laughs> it's 45 seconds for one hot dog, but it's like a minute if you do two hot dogs at a time. <laughs> There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac. A new team's mowing down the ranks of their opponents. The Nationals are smashing balls so that the commentator who has the cause has passed the wall to see you later. Let's go. By the early light of dawn, well you can see they're running scared Cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are bursting in the air Tell the Library of Congress that they might not want to look Cause we're putting curly W's in every book Let's go Nats, we've got a game to play time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, 
It's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to trylifemd.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.